Chapter Two, Part One of Commentary on the Gospel of John, Book Four, by Cyril of Alexandria, translated by Reverend Philip Edward Pusey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Two, that the holy body of Christ is life-giving, wherein he speaks of his own body as of bread. Forty-eight, forty-nine, fifty. I am the bread of life your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and died this is the bread which came down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die full clearly may one herein behold that which was spoken afore by the prophet isaiah i was made manifest to them that seek me not i was found of them that asked not for me i said behold me unto a nation that was not called by my name all the days spread i out my hands unto a rebellious and gainsaying people for removing the whole case from his speech and having taken away so to say all that cloaked it he at length reveals himself unveiled to them of israel saying i am the bread of life that they may now learn that if they would be superior to corruption and would put off the death which from the transgression fell upon us they must needs approach to the participation of him who is mighty to quicken and destroy corruption and bringeth to naught death for this verily is a work proper and most fit for that which is by nature life but since they affirming that the manna was given to their fathers in the wilderness received not the bread which is of a truth came down from heaven that is the sun he maketh a necessary comparison between the type and the truth that so they might know that not that is the bread which is from heaven but he whom the trial shows to be so by nature for your fathers saith he and ancestors by eating the manna gave to the bodily nature its need gaining thereby life for a season and imparting to the flesh its daily sustenance therefrom with difficulty effected that it should not die at once but it will be he says the clearest proof of its not being the bread which is from heaven in a truer sense that they who partook were no way benefited thereby unto incorruption a token again in like way that the sun is properly and truly the bread of life that they who have once partaken and been in some way immingled with him through the communion with him have been shown superior to the very bonds of death for that the manna again is taken rather as an image or shadow of christ and was typifying the bread of life but was not itself the bread of life has been often said by us and the psalmist supporteth us crying out in the spirit he gave them bread of heaven man did eat angels bread for it seems to have been said to them of israel by the spirit clad but in truth it is not so but to us rather is the aim of the words directed for is it not foolish and utterly senseless to suppose that the holy angels which are in heaven albeit they have an incorporeal nature should partake grosser food 
and need such aid in order to prevail unto life as this body of earth desires but i think it nothing hard to conceive that since they are spirits they should need like food spiritual i mean and of wisdom how then is angel's bread said to have been given to the ancestors of the jews if the prophet speaks truly in so crying but it is manifest that since the typical manna was an image of christ which containeth and upholdeth all things in being nourishing the angels and quickening the things on earth the prophet was calling that which is signified by shadows by the name of the truth from the fact that the holy angels could not partake of the more earthly food drawing off his hearers even against their will from any gross conception as to the manna and bringing them up to the spiritual meaning that of christ who is the food of the holy angels themselves also they then who ate the manna he says are dead not having received any participation of life therefrom for it was not truly life-giving but rather taken as an aid against carnal hunger and in type of the true but they who receive in themselves the bread of life will have immortality as their prize wholly setting it not corruption and its consequent evils and will mount up unto boundless and unending length of life in christ nor will it at all damage our words on this subject that they who have been made partakers of christ need to taste bodily death on account of what is due to nature for even though they falling into this end undergo the lot of humanity yet as paul saith they that shall live live to god fifty one i am the living bread which came down from heaven if any man eat of this bread he shall live for ever to say the same things unto you to me indeed is not grievous but for you it is safe writes the divine paul to certain in this too i suppose instructed by these very words of the saviour for as those who are diseased with wounds need not the application of a single plaister but manifold tending and that not once applied but by its continuance of application expelling the pain so i ween for the soul most rugged and withered mind should many aids of teaching be contrived and come one after the other for one will avail to soften it not by one and the first leading but through its successive coming to it even if it come in the same words oftentimes then does the saviour bringing round the same manner of speech to the jews set it before them manifoldly sometimes darkly and clad in much obscurity at other times freed delivered and let loose from all double meaning that they still disbelieving might lack nothing yet unto their condemnation but being evil evilly might be destroyed themselves against their own soul thrusting the sword of perdition christ therefore no longer concealing anything says i am the living bread which came down from heaven that was he says a type and a shadow and an image hear him now openly and no more veiled 
i am the living bread if any man eat of this bread he shall live for ever they who ate of that died for it was not life-giving he that eateth of this bread that is me or my flesh shall live for ever we must then beware of and reject alike hardening ourselves to the words of piety since christ not once only but oftentimes persuadeth us for there is no doubt that they will full surely be open to the severest charges who turn aside to the uttermost folly and through boundless unbelief refuse not to rage against the author of the most excellent things therefore says he of the jews if i had not come and spoken unto them they had not had sin but now they have no cloak for their sin for they who have never by hearing received the word of salvation into their heart will haply find the judge milder while they plead that they heard not at all even though they shall specially give account for not having sought to learn but they who often instructed by the same admonitions and words to the seeking after what is profitable senselessly imagine that they ought to deprive themselves of the most excellent good things shall undergo most bitter punishment and shall meet with an offended judge not able to find an excuse for their folly which may shame him and the bread which i will give is my flesh for the life of the world i die he says for all that i may quicken all by myself and i made my flesh a ransom for the flesh of all for death shall die in my death and with me shall rise again he says the fallen nature of man for for this became i like to you men that is and of the seed of abraham that i might be made like in all things unto my brethren the blessed paul himself also well understanding what christ just now said to us says for as much then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood he also himself likewise took part of the same that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death that is the devil for no otherwise was it possible that he that hath the power of death should be destroyed and death itself also had not christ given himself for us a ransom one for all for he was in behalf of all wherefore he says in the psalms too offering himself as a spotless sacrifice to god the father sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not but a body preparest thou me in whole burnt offerings and offerings for sin thou tookest no pleasure then said i lo i come in the chapter of the book it is written of me to do thy will o god was my choice for since the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer sufficed not under the purging away of sin nor yet would the slaughter of brute beast ever have destroyed the power of death christ himself came in in some way to undergo punishment for all for with his stripes we were healed as saith the prophet and 
his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree and he was crucified for all and on account of all that if one died for all all we might live in him for it was not possible that he should be holden by death neither could corruption overmaster that which is by nature life but that christ gave his own flesh for the life of the world we shall know by his words also for he saith holy father keep them and again for their sakes i sanctify myself he here says that he sanctifies himself not aiding himself unto sanctification for the purification of the soul or spirit as it is understood of us nor yet for the participation of the holy ghost for the spirit was in him by nature and he was and is holy always and will be so ever he here says i sanctify myself for i offer myself and present myself as a spotless sacrifice for an odour of a sweet smell for that which is brought to the divine altar was sanctified or called holy according to the law christ therefore gave his own body for the life of all and again through it he maketh life to dwell in us and how i will say as i am able for since the life-giving word of god indwelt in the flesh he transformed it into his own proper good that is life and by the unspeakable character of this union coming wholly together with it rendered it life-giving as himself is by nature wherefore the body of christ giveth life to all who partake of it for it expels death when it cometh to be in dying men and removeth corruption full in itself perfectly of the word which abolisheth corruption but a man will haply say fixing the eye of his understanding upon the resurrection of them that have slept they who received not the faith in christ and were not partakers of him will not live again at the time of the resurrection what shall not every created thing that has fallen into death return again to life to these things we say yes all flesh shall live again for prophecy foretells that the dead shall be raised for we consider that the mystery through the resurrection of christ extendeth over the whole nature of man and in him first we believe that our whole nature has been released from corruption for all shall rise after the likeness of him that was raised for our sakes and hath all in himself in that he is man and as in the first formed we fell down into death so in the first born again who was so for our sakes all shall rise again from the dead but they that did good unto the resurrection of life as it is written and they that wrought evil unto the resurrection of doom and i will grant that in no passing degree bitterer than death is the resurrection unto punishment and the receiving life again unto disgrace alone 
in the stricter sense then we must understand the life that is really so the life in christ in holiness and bliss and unfailing delight for that this is truly life the wise john too knows saying he that believeth on the son hath everlasting life and he that believeth not the son shall not see life but the wrath of god shall abide on him for lo lo he says that he which is in unbelief shall not see life although every creature looks to return again to life and to rise again it is then manifest that the saviour with reason called that the life which is prepared for the saints i mean that in glory and in holiness which that we ought to pursue after by coming to the participation of the life-giving flesh no right-minded person will doubt but since the saviour called himself bread in many of the passages that have already been before us let us see whether he would not hereby too bring to our mind any one of the things foreannounced and is reminding us of the things in holy writ wherein he was long ago signified under the form of bread it is written then in numbers and the lord spake unto moses saying speak unto the children of israel and thou shalt say unto them when ye come into the land whither i bring you then it shall be that when ye eat of the bread of the land ye shall offer up an heave offering a separation unto the lord a cake the first fruit of your dough shall ye offer for an heave offering as an heave offering of the threshing floor so shall ye heave it a first fruit of your dough and ye shall give unto the lord an heave offering unto your generations obscurely then in bearing a gross covering as of the letter did the law typify these things yet did it proclaim afore the true very bread that cometh down from heaven that is to say christ and giveth life unto the world for observe how he made man like us by reason of his likeness to us a certain first-fruits of our dough and heave-offering as it is written was offered up to god the father set forth the first-begotten of the dead and the first-fruits of the resurrection of all ascending into heaven itself for he was taken of us he took hold of the seed of abraham as paul saith he was offered up as of all and in behalf of all that he might quicken all and might be offered to god the father as it were the first handful of the floor but as he being in truth light put that grace upon his disciples for he says ye are the light of the world so too he being the living bread and that quickeneth all things and keepeth them in being by a likeness and through the shadow of the law was typifying in the twelve loaves the holy choir of the apostles for thus he says in leviticus and the lord spake unto moses saying command the children of israel that they bring unto thee oil olive pure beaten for the light to cause the lamp to burn continually without the veil in the tabernacle of the testimony and then he proceeds 
and ye shall take fine flour and make twelve cakes thereof two tenth deals shall be in one cake and ye shall set them in two rows six in a row upon the pure table before the lord and shall put pure frankincense upon each row and salt and it shall be on the loaves for a memorial unto the lord the lamp then in the holy tabernacle and giving light without the veil we said in the foregoing was the blessed john nourished with the purest oil that is the illumination through the spirit outside the veil because his doctrine was catechetic for he says prepare ye the way of the lord make straight the paths of our god but the things within the veil that is the hidden mystery of christ he showeth not much for i he saith baptize you with water unto repentance but he that cometh after me is mightier than i whose shoes i am not worthy to bear he shall baptize you with the holy ghost and with fire seest thou then how he shines as in simpler speech calling unto repentance but the things within the veil he commits to him that baptizeth with fire and the spirit to lay open and these things we have set forth more at large on the words at the beginning of the book he was the burning and the shining light yet we touched on them now cursorily since it was necessary on john's passing away to show that the preaching of the holy apostles was near and straightway present for for this reason i suppose the scripture having first signified him by the lamp puts before us the consideration of the twelve loaves ye shall make it says twelve cakes two tenth deals shall be in one cake it is the custom of the divine scripture to receive ever the number ten as perfect and to acknowledge it as the fullest since the series and order of the consecutive numbers receiving a kind of revolution and multiplication of the same into the same advances and is extended to whatsoever one will he commands then that each cake be of two tenth deals that you may see perfection in the disciples in the even pair i mean both active virtue and that of contemplation he bids two rows to be made and profitably so well nigh indicating the very position which it was as is like their custom to take ever receiving the lord in the midst of them and accustomed ever to surround him as their master and that we may know that as paul saith they are unto god the father a sweet savour of christ he bids frankincense to be put on the cakes and that they be sprinkled also with salt for it is said to them ye are the salt of the earth yea and with reason does he bid it be offered upon the sabbath day for they were made manifest in the last times of the world and the last day of the week is the sabbath and not only so but because at the time of our saviour's coming we held a sabbath spiritually for we rested from sin and then were the holy apostles also made manifest unto us by whose divine writings also we nourished attain unto the life in holiness therefore on the sabbath day specially 
doth he bid the cakes to be set out upon the holy table that is in the church for the whole is often signified by a part but what is holier than the holy table of christ therefore the saviour was pretypified as bread by the law the apostles again as cakes by their likeness to him for all things were in verity in christ but by likeness to him they belong to us too through his grace end of chapter two part one